Gosh, this is so awesome, man. I never in a million years thought something like this would happen. Out of turn number four come the most powerful weight models on the planet, the world of outlaws. I call Scott my dad, and uh, <laughs> nothing like the best in the business, breathing down your throat your first outlaw in. Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 13 of Stick Signals. What a weekend. Happy Mother's Day once again to all the moms out there. We hope you had an excellent weekend. If you joined us at the races or if you joined your local racetrack or if you joined us on Dirt Vision, we hope you had a good weekend. Uh, Mick, how are you? You are busy. I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I am busy. About to hit the road to uh, go up to Lincoln Speedway today and take in the sprint show, and uh, that should be a lot of fun. Mike, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. It's what a weekend out in Wisconsin slash Minnesota for me as well. It, it was a lot of fun. You know, I'm glad I drove back to North Carolina earlier this week. So I've been on the road. So, Mick, I know that drive you're making. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like we're doing the opposite of each other. Yeah, we, we, we almost passed each other. I saw the pictures of you guys out there at the Mall of America. How was that? It was fun. It was fun. We got raced a little bit of go-karts. I'm, of course... I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, so got to go to right. got to go see the outside of the stadium. I of course got a Vikings jersey inside the Mall of America. That's like what you got to do as a Vikings fan because <laughs> you get more stuff that you can't get. Like sure. obviously we're in upstate New York or North Carolina, so it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a great weekend. But uh, Ruben, I think I can speak for everybody. The racing out of this world. Well, real quick, I got to do foals. Foles, <laughs> because you're a Vikings fan a couple of years ago for the playoff spot. I'm an Eagles fan. Anyway, uh, no, yeah, what a fun weekend. I mean, this weekend was absolutely phenomenal. Um, the Mississippi River is huge, uh, as always. It just fascinates me. Um, I love that place. The cheese curds were amazing, and Mississippi Thunder Speedway is near and dear to my heart. It was always a bucket list racetrack for me. And going to it, man, it was great. Uh, it was fast. I mean, what can I say? New track record. Brandon Shepard on the first night broke Jake Tim's 14.034 track record, and now it is a 13.504. Uh, Brandon, back on the launching pad, guys. He, this guy went into the weekend without a dry dean heat race victory out of the whole season and was the only driver to come out of the weekend with two Dryden heat race victories one both nights uh, his, his heat race he is he is absolutely on fire guys he is but he's still only walking away with one victory so far and i think if you would have told me midway mid-may that would have been the case i think everybody would have said we were crazy but you know you wonder if it's going to mirror last year when we're getting closer to that i'm going to call it a northern swing for the sake of things and that's when he really heated up and we're going to wonder if he does that again what were our predictions last week? Ruben, I know you said that Shepard would win one. Did did anybody call Madden? Did you call Madden, I, Mike? I don't remember what I called. <laughs> I I know I went with Bruning and uh and Dillard, but I don't think anybody called Chris Madden out of nowhere you know, with the with that. At the beginning of the feature when Rick asked me, I did pick Madden. Um to be fair, but I also did say Shepard was taken, but cuz the other announcer picked yep. Shepard, but I did say Madden. Um I I can't remember. I think I think I did say Shepard, but I thought I'd said Madden in the last episode, I, but no, Madden did a phenomenal job. Yeah, yeah I should have gone back and listened to it. To be so far from home and, and on a track that's so different than home, right? And I mean, he I don't know if he led rag to rag on Saturday, but he led almost everything. He didn't. Brandon led the first, I want to say seven, I believe, before yeah. Madden took over and led the rest of the way. But I, you don't win 30 times on the World of Outlaws Tour on accident. No. And I, I think it just proves, and Chris, I think, has probably got the best car he's had. Mm-hmm for a long time and his crew has done a great job putting them together i mean look he's had a consistent season right now all right 60 points between him and shepherd 
there's two races Chris Madden didn't start. That's the difference. Yeah. It, it really, That's at the, the end of the day, it's going to be a shame if it comes down to the end and it's a 60-point gap because it's like, oh, God. Yeah. That's it. Well. But it, it is what it is. But I think let's take a look at the 60-point gap. I've seen people on social media saying it's over. This is not over by any no. stretch. We have a long, long way to go. No, I mean, Madden is always good in the points with the Outlaws. Obviously, uh, got that good podium on the points back in 2018. We talk about how good of a year that was. Uh, Madden is not out of it. The thing is, when we get back to the South, Chris is going to be very good there. You have to win out of your region, and that's exactly what Chris is doing. It's his first time ever to this racetrack. He did phenomenal. You got to give Chris Madden so much credit. And the thing is, that car was hooked up so well. I mean, Shepard even took a shot for the lead a couple times in the bottom, and no one was able to prevail in taking the lead from him. Speaking of Shepard, though, we talk about Chris Madden's great run. I, I think we, we have to go back to Friday night, though, before we forget about anything. Yes. Brandon Shepard finally gets that. 70th win that first official win of 2021 and you know he got out of the car prayed to the heavens right away as <laughs> yeah. soon as he got out and I, I i think that's you know you could tell how relieved he was especially when he talked to you in victory lane ruben uh, he really was relieved i mean he know he obviously thanked uh the, the rocket one team for keeping him through all the struggles and stuff like that but we know they weren't struggling they, they've always been there you know what i mean they just haven't won but uh you go back to last year they didn't win till this time as well and then they went on to win a lot of races you look at 2019 for god's sakes this is when he first got his win and then he won the dirt league model dream at eldora so uh obviously that's coming up too so don't count that one team out they were just you know testing new things and by the way that rocket camp knew they weren't as good as they were so they had a practice at davenport on tuesday and then they had a practice obviously thursday night at a mississippi thunder so you know they figured something out and i think right now guys uh, my personal opinion the longhorns have been the fastest cars on the track but right now i think the rockets are making their big comeback in 2021 yeah it sure seems that way you may be right but uh, uh, just to touch on chassis too we've had some different chassis that have been up front yeah all yeah. year i don't want to i don't want to hang out to dry dillard and bruning here either no definitely not uh you got to get we talked to bruning about it last week that capital race car program there's only one capital on tour there's hardly you know you hardly hear about a capital and that's why i told bruning man you do such a great job for being the only capital on tour and Kay dillard you could do the same argument for him obviously not this weekend because it was a lot of mb customs you had uh, jimmy mars there you know the main man for that you had rodney sanders and a couple other guys that did very well but uh yeah those mb customs you don't hear much about them kind of like black diamond but when you when you do it's they're up there and that's that's pretty awesome to see, uh, you know, because it's easy for, you know, Brandon or Chris Madden or Augustin to go talk to somebody that has a rocket. But when you're on tour, it's not that easy for Dillard or Bruning. And those two have been phenomenal so far. You know, another guy we got to mention as we keep going through that had a really good weekend. A yes. little bit of heartbreak as well on Friday night. But Ryan Gustin, yeah. I, I know it's a track he was looking forward to. He said this in the interview with you. It's his favorite track to go to in the country. A little bit of bad luck on Tuesday night. And, you know, one thing we can make an argument about on Saturday night, I don't know why I said Tuesday, on Friday <laughs> night. On Saturday night, though, he might have weirdly lost the race, the feature, in the heat race. Now, here's what I'm, here's what I'm thinking. Jake Tim, I don't know if you remember, Ruben, passed Gustin on the last lap at the line yes. to get into the redraw. 
So that bumped Gustin back in the starting lineup. If Gustin starts yeah. in the top eight, I'm not saying he passes Chris Madden. You don't know how that would have played out, but I think he would have got to second sooner in that situation and may have had a better shot. Well, you could say the same thing for Jimmy Mars. He started 11th that first night and worked his way up to third. I mean, if he would have started better in that heat race, it would have been better. But yeah, I agree. Those driving heat races are so important in this in this game that you have to, and you got to feel for Ryan Gustin. I talked to him uh, that first night. Remember, he was running up there. He said, man, I wish I would have just finished. Uh, he obviously was going for the win they really mm -hmm. wanted a win and the reason they wanted a win was to just to prove to themselves that they belong there because every single track they go to this year they're already at a disadvantage with experience so they said this is the track that we have the most experience with on this schedule with the world of outlaws if we do good here we know we belong with this group he sold all his modified stuff so they're they're really dedicated and they needed a good reassurance well uh, it's safe to say he does belong here and I know he belongs here. He's a heck of a driver, but the thing is he pounded the cushion and the J bar, uh, broke uh they, they bent it it oh. broke so the j bar slider which is right behind the cockpit uh, obviously you guys know what the, the j bar keeps the the rear end and uh in place and when he hit the cushion obviously the force just bent it and the j bar uh bent right there where the where the thread is so it's unfortunate for them and when that breaks obviously the drive shaft breaks so it was unfortunate for ryan cussin to end his night like that but uh nonetheless his tristar uh, engine was in um, and machine number 19 R was phenomenal this weekend. And I know you guys got to talk about this guy, the B1, but if you have anything on Gustin, go ahead. Well, I didn't, I, I was going to actually transition. I said, you know, Gustin, the storyline is there. Shepard getting that storyline is there. Mm -hmm. Madden staying hot. That storyline is there. But the biggest thing we're all talking about after this weekend, Brent Larson. Yeah. What a run on yeah. Friday night. And <clears throat> you know, if that stays green, I think he's got a shot. Uh, yeah, I do too. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. The, the best quote of the weekend came from Brent. He said, I got a little bit of confetti on my car and tomorrow more will be on it. He, oh, he was beautiful. He, he, yeah, he was happy about that. Uh, you talk about Brent Larson. Uh, uh, one thing that people don't notice, I have him on Snapchat and he's been posting a lot of stories lately that he's working out. He's been working out this past month. I mean, obviously we talk, a lot of people can make the argument that racing's not a sport, but you get in that race car, you even get in a go-kart and go out there and race in 10 laps oh, and, yeah. your and your arms feel like noodles. Racing is a damn sport. I don't care what anybody says. It's it's tough to go three wide in the corner exactly how he did. That's how he took the lead. He was three wide on the bottom, took the lead. It's not easy to do when you're when you're going at that speed. No. Go race at Bristol for God's sakes. You, you you're gonna be oh, never mind. It, it's a sport, and Brent it, Larson is getting in shape. And by the way, he got a new crew chief, Donnie Birdwell. Uh, he was a 602 racer at Volusia Speedway Park. Uh, he takes stress stress off Brent. Uh, Brent took a very good nap on race day. There's, there's a couple drivers that take good naps on race day, and Brent Larson is one of them. Uh, but Donnie Birdwell, he told me, has been such a huge help to him because Brent would do all the the setup work on his car he do all the the, the suspension stuff he do everything uh his wife does the tires she sipes grooves and grinds them and dismounts them and mounts them uh he has his son matthew and his daughter maddie and that's when maddie goes on the road usually maddie stays home so it, usually matthew brings his uh 16 year old friend with him uh to help so brett larson really didn't have a, a lot of help with him and now he hired donnie birdwell and he says he, he found the combination he found his combination he's yeah. feeling good uh the things he needs to change is obviously a, a qualify better and he, he realizes that and man he said right now uh he said they're a couple changes away and it's a big confidence booster after that run well one thing too to take a look at saturday night okay it wasn't a run up on the podium but he went from 19th to 10th 
Yeah. But he ended up with a top 10 finish, and it was a good run. And that was a track where everybody was passing back and forth. And I'll, I'll use this example. Jimmy Mars was in second for about three turns yeah. on Saturday night. <clears throat> he ended up finishing ninth. That's how racy the place was. So yeah, it was incredible. Brent, Brent did a really good job on a racy track, and I, I think that it was the coming out party Friday night. I, I, I'm going to go on record and say this right now. The B1 is going to be in victory lane before the year is over. That would be awesome. I think it's interesting you say that he, he's uh, working out now because I actually made a comment to someone I was watching the race with, like, he looks that fire suit looks kind of baggy on him. So he must be he must be losing weight, <laughs> yeah. and those results are showing it. And like you said, man, the physicality of driving these things, uh, people don't realize, like, how, how – hard it is it's not just your arms it's it's also keeping your neck upright you're taking yeah. a beating i mean if you watch places like farmer city where those cars are all but catching air coming off the corner i mean there's a lot of physicality to it so yeah working out is going to help him getting a crew chief is going to help him taking some load off his own plate and being able to focus on the seats going to help him so uh pretty excited for brent now moving on from brent the other big thing that came out of saturday night's race what a battle for it seemed like all 60 laps yeah. between Kyle Strickler and Chris yeah. and Brandon Shepard. I'll tell you what, those two really raced hard. Strickler throwing slide jobs left and right, Brandon crossing over back on the bottom, and they battled and battled for that podium spot, and it was Brandon that ended up get, winning the battle and getting his sixth podium of the season, more than anybody, by the way, which that's yeah. a testament to his consistency here. He may only have one win, but he's finished in the top three six times. Yeah, and it's the consistency that gets you there. Yeah, those those battles between the one and the eight were were amazing. I Just watching the – I don't think there was a right rear quarter panel on any of those cars when we were done. No, and I'm, you said that to me after yeah. – you sent me that text after the race, and it was – I think you were right. That couldn't have been but, a clean one in, in the whole garage. I mean, it was sparks every corner, the guys going up there. I don't know how Strickler did it so many times. I mean, I thought he was going to knock the rear end out the left side at some point, and, and he kept digging. But that's a run Kyle Strickler needed to have. I know, yeah. you know, it wasn't what he wanted at the end of the day, but he—that's his first top five since Fallujah. Sure, and he got—he had a heat win too, right? Yes, heat win and made it to the the uh, draw both yes. nights. Strickler I made the—he won his Drydeen heat race number four, uh, the second night, and then uh, he finished second in Drydeen heat race one the first night, and both nights he was in the redraw. So uh, the consistency out of Kyle was back, right. and that was good to see. He was in a better mood. And by the way, yeah. guys. Uh, we talked about Bruning taking the Rookie of the Year point lead back, uh, or taking it last weekend. Strickler's back at the Rookie of the Year point lead this weekend. Uh, he's third in points, Bruning fourth. And I think he's going to be able to add on to that, too, because next week we're in Port Royal. Yeah. Which, half-mile track. Now, when I say he's had success on half-mile track so far, obviously he's got the two wins at Volusia. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to count Bristol in this situation because Bristol is its own animal. Yeah. But I, I think this is a weekend in Port Royal, especially close to his, you know, birthplace. Yeah, it's pretty. He's good. gonna be pretty good. I think he I, will. I, I think we can expect the eight to be right there. And I, I think one thing with Strickler yeah. that we're we're starting to see is, I mean, Strickler's wily man. Like that's why people love to watch him. High side tickler, right? He's he's a wily driver, and there's a certain finesse that you have to learn in a late model to to go the distance. And I think he, we may not have looked at it like it at times Saturday night, but I think he's starting to get that finesse and kind of starting to understand like how drawn out these races are compared to a modified race you know that's that's true but i mean don't count out tyler bruning as well bruning told us last week he loves half miles that's where he he loves it the best that's yep. he says where uh you know he loves it's a lot of chassis work and and a lot of strategy going into those things and i you know i love kyle and i feel like he will do good but i think bruning or you, you remember Bruning broke a, a bolt that led to a broken drive shaft that yep. first night, and he was running yep. so good. If it wasn't for that, Bruning would have had a heck of a points night that first night, just if, like if Gustin would have finished. Gustin didn't move up or down in the points, and Bruning, that cost him a position in points. But um, 
I don't this know. is the I, most compelling rookie battle that yes. I've ever seen in the world of Outlaws late models. And and I'm not that I've been paying attention since the beginning, but I mean I've been here five years now, I think, and and it's just great watching that battle between the rookies is awesome. Yeah, it is pretty good, and we just got to hope that Ryan, you know, catches up a little bit, which he is. He's uh, making little little steps and little progress, and he'll be up there soon, uh, guys. I think if we do the math correctly, uh, this weekend's over. We are officially one quarter into the season so i mean there's still three quarters to go mm. you know what i mean a lot can happen from here uh, how chris madden told me at richmond he said it's too early to be thinking about that stuff you just got to go go out there and run but yeah i agree uh port royal is going to be very interesting because we run a lot of half miles this is uh you know a, a chance to uh get better at those half miles and it's another place kind of like farmer city where it may not be our guys sitting in victory lane when the night's over mm, Pennsylvania the last Posse, time we correct. were there the last time we were there mason ziggler was in victory lane and guys like Rick Eckert, we can expect to be there. You know, a lot of the PA guys are good. Let's not, uh, and you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I wouldn't be uh, surprised if we saw a Chubzilla sighting in a backup 99B. <laughs> be cool. <laughs> yeah, that Pennsylvania posse, you never want to mess with them. Obviously, uh, you look at Max Blair. That's a guy that I've talked about for many years. He went out to Arizona when I first saw him in 2014, and he was phenomenal. Uh, obviously, now in that Viper ride. So uh, he's going to make a run for the Outlaws next year. And that 111B, and I've seen a lot of social media posts about them. They uh, wrap their toolbox. They're, they're getting everything ready. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what Max Blair does in that ride. Uh, uh, this is going to be a real testament to see how he does next year. But, I mean, obviously a new team, new transition. And you can't count out all the other Pennsylvania Posse drivers like Mike Norris and, and Jared Miley, who, by the way, almost won that last race when we were at Thunder Mountain Speedway. A lot of those guys, uh, you never count out the Pennsylvania Posse. It's always a fun, fun rivalry to look at. Is that what they're called in the late model world, too? I don't think that's really all that official, but it's certainly a, it's definitely a thing, right? Like, I think Pennsylvania racers are, are sort of like Northeast racers. They they sort of have a. I know I know when we talk about those cars that have wings, it's uh -huh. Pennsylvania Posse is a big deal. Yep, but yeah, yeah, I guess it's more. I guess I guess the rival is more of the Illinois bad boys. We don't call it the Illinois Posse, but we call them the Illinois true, bad boys. True, you know what I mean. It, they're they're the toughest late model drivers in the country. Um, you can make an argument for the South drivers, but I mean, we really never mention it or say anything about the rivalry. That's actually something interesting. Race fans, let us know on Twitter. Uh, is there a rival in Pennsylvania against the Outlaws, or is it the Illinois bad boys? I mean, we really don't know. We always say Pennsylvania Posse because you know how you said those things with wings. Always call them. <laughs> Uh, the rival. So uh, I'm I, not sure, but I mean, I call him Pennsylvania Posse because there's some really good drivers I th out there. I think maybe, it, you know, in late models, there are just so many more regions. I may get skewered for this, yeah. but there seems to be more regions, right? Like sprint cars seem to me like you have California, you have Pennsylvania, you have Indiana, and then there's some points in between. In, in late models, you have the South, you have the Pennsylvania area, you have the Midwest. Um, that's pretty much really so i guess that's just yeah. three regions so i'm full of shit and disregard what i said <laughs> <laughs> well, well i mean I, I was gonna say there is a lot of regions in late model racing like you have colorado but that's more restrictor plate racing you have my area but it's really not it's more of a chip rule uh, you have texas but that's more crates it's just not a, a whole open deal uh, sprint cars do have a little bit more regions but uh the thing about the late models mick uh that i could defend i think we have we have the potential of having more national drivers like me and you were uh messaging the, a couple of weeks ago and we said how many guys could really load up and yeah. go on a national tour right now there's about 30 guys yeah. that could obviously having you know two national tours uh helps that but with the sprint cars uh, i mean how many followers does the world of outlaws nas energy drink sprint car series have don't they have like 15 or 14 something full-time like platinum guys I, i'm not actually sure yeah. off the top of my head this year but it, it pays something down through like 12th and points so it, it's it's yeah, a similar and, structure and like the all-star deal 
yeah, and like the all-star deal, that's only regional and ASCS, those are three sixties. So like you really can't, you can't make the, I mean, yes, they have more regions, but I think we have more national tour drivers. There's 30 guys that I could guarantee you if there was enough money uh, that they could load up and go full-time racing with the late models. And I think there's just more uh, of a competition when it comes to it. You know what I mean? Cause like the world of outlaws, uh, sprint cars, they go to like Oklahoma and some guy from Oklahoma wins. Right. They go to, you know, but like with us or sorry, like a sprint, uh, sorry, a tour regular will win. But when you go to like Pennsylvania, then that's when the outlaws get beat. But with us, there's so many good drivers around the Ooh. regions that we go to that we always see a How local. How dare win. you say the outlaws get beat in Pennsylvania, especially this week of all weeks, Ruben. <laughs> anyway, I, that, that, I think that's interesting, right? Like I, infrastructure wise or just logistics, even financially, it, Late models could almost have like a 50 car NASCAR tour. Like there's that many drivers, but it'll never make sense financially to do that or logistically. But, you know, like when we were texting the other night, it's almost like you could turn on any late model race in the country, uh, whether that be Mars, whether that be World of Outlaws, whether whoever that is, and you're going to recognize names in that field almost every single race. So there's just so many drivers that are that are capable of winning i found the list that me and you messaged the other day these are obviously you take our guys you take brent larson shepherd weiss strickler bruning gustin um herb madden dillard and and briggs and then you, you take a look at these other guys like brandon overton Overton doesn't even run a tour but it'd be awesome to have overton you look at jonathan davenport jimmy owens you look at tim mccready chris ferguson hudson o'neill bobby pierce brian shirley devin moran kyle strickler uh kyle bronson tyler herb daryl lanigan uh k dillard uh, i said mentioned him but billy moyer senior uh, billy moyer jr i'm gonna throw him in there as well you have scott bloomquist rick eckert um shane clanton mike marler josh richards ricky <laughs> thornton jr uh max blair mason Z Ziggler, Tyler Carpenter, Dale McDowell, Shannon Babb, and uh, you could still throw in guys like Jimmy Mars and stuff like that. Like, think about it. Those guys could easily, if they had, you know, a little bit more financial support, they could get a crew and go out there and run. Now, how many sprint car drivers can you name to do that? I think late model drivers have more of a of a national field than sprint car drivers do. I'm sorry. I agree with it. I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. Yeah, it would probably just, be safer for me to plead the fifth because yeah. I'm pretty ignorant to it. But, <laughs> yeah. but it, it seems that way. It does seem that way. And that's why it's so tough when we go region to region. I mean, look at Illinois, the, the Illini. We had two first-time winners, uh, Pierce and Spatola. Uh, yeah. with, Even with though the, the second one's still hard to believe when you really think about it. <laughs> yeah, it really is hard to believe. I mean, he's won the, the World 100, for God's sakes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the first-time winners like Strickler. He was a rookie this year, and he got his first outlaw win. Last year, we had six first-time winners with the series. And if you look at it this year, uh, we've had uh, already three. Yes, Patola, Pierce, and Strickler. So, I mean, that's the thing about the Outlaw Tour uh, and any late model race. You're always going to see first-time winners. Like Dirt Car Summer Nationals, we always see first-time winners every year because it's that good. And the Summer Nationals is not easy to win whatsoever. No. No, no that's that's so grueling, and it's uh, the show is so fast. Like, that's the one thing I noticed when I was out there with you guys. Like, it, they run through a show as fast, if not faster, than a World of Outlaws race. Like, oh. it's bam, 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 you're out on the track. So it was more like Friday night, Friday and Saturday oh, night yeah, for yeah, us, yeah, yeah, yeah. which <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed. I'm not going to complain that I was in bed at 1 o'clock on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, no, probably I, the I, last I, time that happens. I but, know. Uh, the one time we finished early, I have a four-hour drive to my airport. I did not fly out of lacrosse, oh, and it's unreal. No. I know. So literally, I still went to bed at four in the morning, but it's okay. It was a, <laughs> it was a very good, efficient show, and I have to give props to the Modifieds at Mississippi Thunder. They put on a whale they of a did. show. That, that was good. That was good. I'm telling you, everyone that watched on Dirt Vision or paid a ticket for admission uh, got what their money was worth this weekend what? for sure. 
I thought it was incredible use of time to uh, have the outlaw carts out there while they're farming yes. the, the track. Like that, you can't do that everywhere. But man, that was awesome. And what a coincidence! Donnie Schatz's niece, nieces yeah. <laughs> are, yeah. both went to the podium. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we the, were, were talking about that in the PR group. Like there's shots racing on both of our shots family racing on both of our broadcasts. So it's, that was pretty cool. Yeah, how about that? Uh, the thing I like about those outlaw carts and the go-kart classes um, is the future generations. And I wish yeah. the announcer would have said it. Me, Mike, and JC were standing there. We were huddled up, and I wanted to interview him. And when I turned my mic on, the, the announcer would just keep going and going. So I was like, okay, we're not going to interview him. But I would love to interview him. For the fans that watched this past weekend or were in attendance, um, the 1 and 15 cars, those are Donnie Schatz's nieces, yep. which is phenomenal. Um, that is awesome. One, by the way, is my favorite already. I forgot her first name, but she wants to drive late models. All right, she's <laughs> yeah, my favorite. there you go. <laughs> the, the, the other niece... She wants to drive sprint cars. It's okay. We still love you, but I, she wants to drive can, sprint cars. So it's pretty I cool, though. I can see where that might happen. Yeah. Yeah, I could kind of see kind of where that well, happens. Yeah. Let's not forget that Donnie loves running his late model, too. I mean, yeah, there's a reason on his off weekends he comes and has fun with the late model. So, yeah. And saying. we can't wait to see him, obviously, at Grand Forks. He's going to do so good. Mike, you're in for a show there. That's his home I, stomping grounds. I can't wait for that because that's that's one of those times that, I, hey, I can interview Donnie Schatz for his story. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I could be wrong. I, I think. Grand Forks, if I remember right, is Friday, July 16th. That's a birthday present for me to watch Donnie Shots in action in a late model. Is that you your go. birthday? It is. Oh, that's awesome. But uh, speaking of late models and stuff, you know, here's where the schedule comes in. We got Port one week off, Port Royal, another week off. Then we go to Indiana, yep. which is going to be fun. Circle City for the first time ever will only be the third event in the history of the Speedway. Then we go to Plymouth, Indiana, which are also both tracks that are on the Summer Nationals, which are coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, let's talk uh, touch on the summer nationals. But before we go away from that, I say Donnie shots wins in a late model before he gets three hundred. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Donnie. Donnie's a hell of a guy. Ten time outlaw champion. You gotta. You, you may gotta, have just helped him because there's so many people rooting for him to hit three hundred. Maybe <laughs> he's saying it's not going to happen. Is going to help him. Yeah. There was a what, tweet that was number, so. Isn't rule number one not to mention that? I don't know. I'm not superstitious, so it doesn't really bother me, but yeah, it seems to be a pattern was, when people mention it, it doesn't happen. There was a tweet out there that said, don't talk about 300 until 300 happens. And I was like, <laughs> we well, just like, talked about 300 then. I know. I mean, it's kind of like us. We, we talked about 70 before 70 happened and it took forever for Shepard, but um, <laughs> it, it's just good storylines. The, the day he wins is going to be phenomenal. I think it was Jackson that told me, a uh, camera guy for Dirt Vision. Um, he told me, he's like, ah, it's okay. Shots is going to go out there to Eldora and get his 300th there and say, booyah to everybody. So yeah. uh, it was close. It was close, but uh, yeah. It was real close. It was close. Uh, but yeah, you, you touched on the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, um, Mike, and I'm excited for that. 36th annual Dirt Car Summer Nationals and 11th annual Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals getting ready to hit the big stage coming up in just, uh, I think, excuse me, it was 40 days on Friday. So it's 39, 38, 37, 36 days from now. We're recording this on a Tuesday. 36 days from now, we go green at the Brownstown Speedway in Brownstown, Indiana. Nine states this year, Illinois, Indiana, Missouri, Wisconsin, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, Ohio, and Tennessee for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. 16 straight Illinois champions. Since 2004, the last champion out of the state of Illinois was Don O'Neill, the real deal in 2004. Uh, Obviously, biggest storyline going into the Summer Nationals again is like last year. Shannon Babb is at 98 wins. Moyer is at the all-time win list, number one, 100 wins. Um, kind of touched on this last weekend with Babb's win at Boone. Um, you know, obviously, he has more Team Zero cars coming on the way, but I, I think he won't use the Team Zeros. Obviously, he'll pull out his rockets uh, for those events. He said he's going to touch on a couple. 
uh, and Moyer. He said he's going to touch on a couple, so it's going to be interesting if Bab could pass Moyer for that. Uh, Brian Shirley, 3S. You know what 3S stands for? Three straight. I mean, he he, his, he has four <laughs> championships now. Uh, can he get his fifth uh, or a fourth in a row and get his fifth? Um, I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, also, how many uh, obviously, how many other than Circle City new tracks are you going to this year? So. <clears throat> this year, there's three new tracks, uh, Knox County Fair Raceway in Knoxville, Illinois, uh, Lake Cumberland Speedway in, in Kentucky, and then Circle City Raceway. So there's there's three on there that are new for the Summer Nationals. The, we return to, it's going to be new for me, and I should have had this on my notes. It's a Michigan track. It's not. It's Hartford. They went there in 2017, right. but that's only a one-time visit, so a uh, second time for Hartford. But yeah, three new tracks for the Summer Nationals this are year. Are there new states, too, or you've, you've been to all those states before on the Hill Tour? We, we, we've been to all those states before, uh, but nine states, that is uh, pretty good. And obviously That's this year cool. it uh, starts June 15th and ends August 22nd, 68 days. That's I, crazy. I joke around, I joke around and call it the princess tour, but I was, I was actually talking to a couple of guys this past weekend and it's going to help a lot of these guys, you know, regroup and reorganize. Mm-hmm. I know like Tanner English wants to run the whole thing. Uh, Brian Shirley, I really haven't talked to him, but I guarantee he's going to run the whole thing. Uh, I talked to Frank Heckenes Jr. This past weekend and he says, uh, it's just, uh, it's hard to find, you know, crew help for that long a day. Yeah. Yeah. but hopefully he gets it out. And I think Frank Heckinus Jr. may come out and play. And then you have a couple other guys that are going to come out and play. I, I mean, honestly, you think about Bobby Pierce said he's only going to miss five. Uh, so you have all, all, all of Pierce. And obviously you drop five of your worst events throughout the whole year. Um, yeah. This year may be shaping up to be one of the best dirt car summer national events ever. It's obviously the first time we do this. Uh, dirt car, uh, dirt cars, uh, Sam Driggers uh, decided to do the schedule like this and, um, we have Mondays and Tuesdays off, and then we have the whole, obviously the whole PDC weekend, USA Nationals week off, and then we have a makeup week to go on top of that. Uh, so the schedule is completely different. Some, a lot, are not a fan of it, but if you think about it, this may be the best dirt car summer nationals ever. You uh, you throw Fager in the mix, you throw Shirley in the mix. If these guys do it all, this is gonna be good. Yeah, I think it's an awesome schedule. I want to give a shout out to Sam. I mean behind the scenes to to work with that many tracks over that many days to line up a schedule that people don't understand what kind of work that is. I mean, you have, you have all these promoters and all these moving parts and pieces and, and to be able to put a schedule together. And then, like you said, given Mondays and Tuesdays off so that teams have a time to regroup you guys, officials, the people that have been out there every day. You, you mean, you don't get to drop your, your f- worst five races, Ruben, you got to be at every one of them. So yeah, exactly. Just, and it gives us time to record stick signals. It gives us time to record stick signals, recap shows. So I just I think it's amazing what Sam does with a very small team and, and limited resources, you know, and, and to put all that together is pretty awesome. So I gotta I, I gotta go without Ruben for two months. Oh yeah. Yeah, Ruben disappears. <laughs> that, that's a blessing, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> Darn. Yeah, it, it is not a blessing. We love having you around. You know that. No, it's gonna be fun. Uh, who's Either filling way, in but... for you? Is George filling in for you or, or... So, no, actually, race fans, for those of you that will be tuning in on Dirt Vision, she will not be reporting, but she'll be shadowing me. Uh, Hannah Newhouse, MRN. That's NAS- right. I think she does the, the NASCAR uh, truck series, I think, is what she does. Um, if you correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's exactly what she does on MRN. And then uh, she works. I know she signed on with, like, four other tours this summer. Yeah, she does um, quite a bit Hannah, of stuff. Yeah, she's from, actually, from, no, I'm not going to say my neck of the woods, but she's way out here in, in the West, um, Idaho. So, yeah, she's from Idaho, and... Um, 
she's going to do a phenomenal job. I'm, I'm excited to meet her uh, this this well, next weekend at Port Royal. She's going to shadow me. We're going to teach her. She's never done a dirt event, so this is going to oh, be very awesome. fun for her. It's a good experience. So we're going to we're going to break her in. She may quit NASCAR and come to the World of Outlaws, guys. It's so know. much fun. <laughs> you never I don't like know. your chances there, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, my, my chance is out the window. I'm gone. <laughs> no, but it's going to be great. Great addition. Uh, a lot of great reporters. I'm telling you, this pit reporting deal is not easy. So no. uh, Dirt World when hannah newhouse comes obviously i'll still be with you guys at port royal and then circle city and plymouth uh but when she when she starts full respect uh please uh welcome her welcome her in with open arms uh just as we would to anybody show them how awesome this community is because dirt track racing community is 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 amazing uh obviously a lot of people are, are great and help each other and have nothing but well sometimes you know we, we get a little opinionated, but that's because we have a big passion for it. So well, whether you love me or hate me, I love you guys. But for Hannah, please show her all respect. It's the kind of family where we'll talk crap about each other. But if someone on the outside talks crap about us, we all got each other's back. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and Mike, you can, you can vouch for this. Pit reporting is the hardest. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the, probably the hardest thing ever in announcing wise. Like in the booth, it's so easy because, you know, you get comfy, you get a nice chair, you got a heater or, or air conditioner if it's hot or cold, and you have your laptop right there. You have all your notes. You're so organized organized and 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 pit reporting you got to be on your toes all night long and it's only you and your clipboard yeah you use a clipboard <laughs> i use a oh, notepad yeah. <laughs> no i'm not I actually i'm actually gonna go pur- purchase one this weekend i finally made enough to go buy I, a clipboard i know i am i am too because <laughs> i uh i struggled doing a redraw of the super dirt series race tried or super dirt oh, car yeah. series race tried yeah, to, like you uh, tried to scribble it down on a notepad it, it didn't it didn't work out as well as i would have liked it to do you have any more pit reporting coming up for you i believe i got one more at albany saratoga which oh, is in cool. between the state line thunder mountain sealant's grove and the firecracker. Is that a Wednesday show? Yeah, that's it was a Tuesday night show. Nice. Super Dirt Car Series on it's a also, Tuesday. It's also my home track, so there was no way I was turning that Hell one yeah. Down. Wow. That's pretty cool. There you go, Mike. And uh, what's, what's your opinion on, on pit reporting? Do you think is that the hardest or is, there, is it harder to be in the booth? What's your opinion? I think pit reporting is definitely harder unless you get a race where there's not a lot of passing. Yeah. Because it's hard. Because okay. you got to keep that level of That's excitement fair. up sometimes, even when it's not. Yeah, but but like know. Matt Yoakum told me at Bristol, he said because what I do, and and you guys, Mick, I don't know if you've seen it, but here, like, I I have notes on every single driver that ran this past weekend. Like, if you want to know something about Taylor Scheffler, I got you. If you want to know something about Mitch McGrath, I got you. You know what I mean? I had to talk to all these guys because you never know who's going to win. All 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 Rick has to do, right. or I have to do, if I'm in the tower, or or you know whoever it is. They just say, you know, Kay Dillard and the SNS Fishing and Rental, Messiah Valley Transportation 97. You know, you run down the sponsors. But for me, when when I wait for them to come come on up, you know, I got to talk about 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 the driver. You know, like Mitch McGrath, it's it's his wife siping and grooving his tires, and it's a family owned, operated, run business. You know, or right. a racing team, like things like that for the fans. And that's why pit reporting is so tough, just because you do so much work, but yet you only say like a hundred words a night because you just never know what information you're going to need. Like Taylor Scheffler at, at Farmer City, uh, he was one driver. There was two drivers i did not talk to at farmer city and scheffler was one of them i'm telling you and he goes out and said slicks woody's quick time yeah yeah, i know walk off yeah and you know it would have been really cool to say because like for example taylor scheffler uh he's been in a super late model since 2014 and uh he says he's comfy right around the bottom and his dad quit racing last year retired racing last year so his dad's helping him now and his dad brought his old crew helping the tennis is a scheffler now so uh, you know fun facts like that that a pit reporter gets anyway so pit reporting I mean, what you're doing as a pit reporter is you're, you're adding color commentary yes 
And then you're also having to run from one side of the track to the other to yeah. see what's going on during a caution. Yeah, yeah especially when you're <laughs> fat, that don't help. Yeah, I really enjoy. You shouldn't be fat by the end of the season. I got to tell you, I really enjoyed Bridgeport because everything was like within like a little circle. It was yeah. kind of nice. I didn't have to yeah. move that far. Yeah, I will say Boone was awesome because I, so I called Rick before the before the week or that Thursday when we're on our way. And he's like, "Hey, I just tested your microphone. This is a turn three microphone." He did it on the phone, and then literally two seconds later, he's like, "This is a turn four microphone check one two. I was like, "There's no way he walked that quick." And you get there, and yeah, sure enough that the turns are tight so i'd love every racetrack to be like macon where i could walk three steps and be on the other side of the racetrack <laughs> so port royal is gonna be a lot of fun i'm telling you those half See, miles are a lot of fun i grew up on a on a high banked half mile that's where i pit reported for a long for the longest time right. so I, I i i have been let's put it this way i became a sprinter in high school it paid off when i got to uh, pit reporting because i was able to move from turn four to turn one at, at, at a moment's clip now i'm not telling you i could talk without breathing heavily throughout the entire time but it, i still got there yeah that yeah, is you're amazing. gonna breathe heavy that's fine i've seen ruben go hauling ass across the pits a couple times <laughs> so if anyone out there and owns like a power sports company you want to sponsor a golf cart hey let's do it baby let's put a dynamite <laughs> sticker on the world of outlaw dirt car sticker on there let's go contact us um no, uh, guys, uh, another news and note this past weekend I want to mention is uh, Garrett Albertson. He he won that Mars race, $12,000. Yep. Uh, and I just want to say, LaSalle, um, I called him that night and congratulated him. And obviously, for those of you that don't know, Garrett Albertson is from Las Cruces, New Mexico. And um, obviously, you guys hear the name Las Cruces, New Mexico a lot. Uh, you hear it from Johnny Scott and the Modified and Stormy Scott and the Late Models. You hear from a couple of other guys around the country. Uh, Garrett Albertson now. Um, it was really good to see Garrett Alberson win a, a Mars race. Uh, fun fact, by the way, I was in Garrett Alberson's wedding. Um, he only lives <laughs> down the street from me. And uh, the reason I have a big passion for late models is because I was uh, my high school job all four years was to work with Garrett in the shop before he got picked up by Childress Racing. And then he got picked up by uh, Stucky and all them to go work in Louisiana. So he left to uh, Shreveport and worked over there. But yeah, I was his tire guy for six six months. I uh, siped and grooved. And then uh, they moved me up to uh, other things uh, like body panels. They have all these fancy machines to do all that stuff. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And I, oh, man, I'll never forget Dave Dietz, the car owner, team owner down here in Cruces, um, put a brand new Jay Dickens in one time and it blew. And man, the, the Garrett... Um, sat on one side of the engine and I sat on the right side of the engine. He's like, all right, let's take off uh, piece by piece and part by part. And surely enough, I took off this, this whole engine and I learned all about it. It was mind blowing. And uh, Tom was taking mechanics in high school. So it was, it was pretty fun. So uh, I just want to say congratulations. Awesome. Yeah. I just want to say congratulations to, to Garrett this past weekend on a big win. Hey, we haven't even hit on how we're not having a guest. Yeah. So race fans, if you noticed um, our news and notes section has got a little, <laughs> little extra. Cause we're hanging out with you guys here in this podcast. Um, obviously, this week uh no guest uh we're we're definitely lining up guests for uh next episode episode uh 14 which is going to be grand um but yeah so obviously uh no guest this weekend mick you are a busy busy you said you're live you're leaving here in a couple hours aren't you i'm leaving here in a couple hours mike just got here a couple hours ago i mean you've got finals so yeah just this week it just doesn't work out to to try to squeeze a guest in we want to give every guest you know a proper interview and, and for us to try to rush it this week was just not going to be fair so looking to uh have uh, Brent Larson, among us, the others, in the next couple weeks. So we could sort of apologize for that, but we, we didn't want to do anybody a disservice by doing a quick and shitty interview. Yeah, we, we obviously uh, treat every single driver with respect, and we want them to have a good interview and come on out here and express themselves to the fans. And and hey, I gotta give I gotta give shout outs to uh, Bruning uh, Strickler. Uh, I gotta give a shout out to um, um, Gustin. 
and I think Cade, uh, and they they said, uh, you know, this the Stick Signals podcast is great. Um, it's amazing that you guys are doing this. It gives an opportunity for the fans to listen more and learn about the drivers. So it's cool to get the support from the drivers and obviously from the fans every weekend that we go to a racetrack. Yeah, it, this was a needed a, a needed podcast in the company. Obviously, we've had Open Red for a few years now, and um, long time coming for the late model side to have something, and we're, and we're growing this and. It's going to get bigger and better as we go along. Yeah, and how we mentioned race fans, obviously uh, we're sponsored by Manscaped, and we're giving out a 4.0 mower. Uh, as Mick mentioned, we're, we're still figuring out a way how to give it out, but you never know how we're going to give it out. So just go ahead and follow <laughs> us on Twitter. Um, it might just show up at your house. <laughs> it just may show up in your house. If you're listening to this right now, go check your front doorstep. Uh, no. <laughs> All tricks aside, uh, follow us three on Twitter, at SportMikeWarren at Jess McFour and obviously at dynamite underscore Ruben. Um, so, so, and it's funny, I had this note, uh, cause I have these notes right here on my paper and I had it this past weekend and JC saw that. So he added his Twitter handle at photos by SNP or JNP. SNP, what he changed his first name? His handwriting is not the greatest. It looks, looks very wobbly anyway. Uh, but yeah, so there he takes pictures. Yeah. Uh, yeah. JC does a great job. Obviously go to world of outlaws.com. Uh, you can see some of the photos there if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then obviously uh, follow him on Twitter. You could see a lot of his great work. Um, guys, we didn't talk about the points. I was going to talk about the points real quick. Not much changed over the weekend. Uh, Shepard has, yes, he won and Chris Madden won, but Shepard still managed to grow the point lead. It was 56 points going into the weekend. Now it's 60. Shepard wins. Uh, he, he improves by four points. Madden second, trailing 60. Kyle Strickler, we talked about him taking the rookie of the year point lead. He's back to third. Bruning dropped down one. That was the only shuffle up. Uh, Ricky Weiss stayed fifth. Kay Dillard stayed sixth. Dennis Herb Jr. stayed seventh. Gustin stayed eighth. Boombrick stayed ninth. And Brent Larson stayed tenth. That is your top ten in points with the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series uh, from this past weekend going into Port Royal. Well, that's going to wrap up our news and notes and our, our chit chat for the day, race fans. And uh, obviously, we got to uh, thank Manscaped. Father's Day is just around the corner with Mother's Day's wrapping up. And uh, you probably need a gift for your hairy dad. Make sure your dad is proud this year and get him and yourself a Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Oh, you heard that right. The Lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code STICKSIGNALS21 at manscaped.com. Uh, merch. Get your merch if you couldn't uh, be at the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series event this past weekend at Mississippi Thunder Speedway or you can't be at any this year. Uh, head on over to store.worldofoutlaws.com. Again, that's store.worldofoutlaws.com. The new late model patch, snapback cap, uh, neon koozies, and uh, summer is coming up. How about a World of Outlaws beach towel and some neon koozies they also have patches and all that other fun stuff which by the way um we're talking about pit reporting i use my little tool belt and uh, i actually got that embroidered i got a world of outlaws morton buildings late model series logo patch on it and it actually looks really cool nick I i'm gonna have to ask jc we got a picture of it uh, i know he got some good pictures of me this weekend but uh if anything I'll, I'll tweet that on twitter um dirt vision here this weekend uh definitely a lot happening on dirt vision wednesday may 12th wednesday folks there's racing on dirt vision uh, the world of outlaws that'll, that'll be tonight yeah i'll be there they'll be tonight uh, for those of you listening because this will go up on wednesday yes 
the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars at the Lincoln Speedway. No, not Lincoln, Illinois. Lincoln, Pennsylvania uh, for the Gettysburg Clash. And then Friday, May 14th, the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars are at the Williams Grove Speedway for the Morgan Cup. Uh, Attica Raceway Park. Uh, I wonder if they have late models this weekend because, man, Attica has some phenomenal late model racing. I love Attica. Uh, super happy to have all that on Dirt Vision for the Phillips 33rd anniversary, for the Eric Phillips 33rd anniversary classic. And then Saturday, the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series Night 2 of the Morgan Cup at the Williams Grove Speedway. Uh, Knoxville Championship Series uh, on Saturday night. Sunday, Houston Speedway. I know we didn't have Brennan this past weekend from Dirt Vision helping us with the World of Outlaws uh, event at Mississippi Thunder. He was at Houston's getting everything ready. Uh, so that's Sunday, May 16th. And then Tuesday, yes, Tuesday, the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars are at Bridgeport Motorsports Park. So a lot on Dirt Vision. Get your fast passes, race fans. Get that um fast monthly fast pass or get that platinum fast pass go to dirtvision.com check it out the volt there's a bunch of free content on there you can also listen to the audio uh itself for free that's what i used to do when i was a little kid uh my my boss down here royal jones used to always tell me just go on there and listen to johnny and and you know uh, take notes from him he's one of the best and and rick as well so you just listen to the audio for free and uh Watch it if you get that fast pass. A lot of great things on Dirt Vision. Again, thank you all so much for joining us here for episode number 13 of Stick Signals. We'll be back strong and ready for episode 14, 15, and 16, and on and on. So thank you all so much for making us your favorite podcast. Thank you so much for listening. On behalf of Mike, Mick, and myself, have a great week, everyone. If you're a World of All Late Model fan, have a good off weekend. Support your local racetrack. Definitely support your local racetrack. You don't want to see them go away. Go support them. We'll see you all next week for episode 14. Thanks for listening, everyone. 